Well, I'm excited to share with you this morning because I believe I have a message that'll be a lifelong message for us. And the reason that I can say that so confidently is because in pretty much every book of the Bible, there you see this. So what I'm saying might be very normal to you, and uh, we can take it to heart. We can fix it in our mind. Um, Can we pray this morning to ask the Lord to soften our hearts to receive what he has for us? This is an age-old message. It's not anything new, but it's something we need to receive. Is that all right? Jesus, we have to have you. We are lost without you. Please open our hearts this day. Soften them. Help us to see how wonderful you really are. How everything you do is for our good and for your glory. We need you every step of the way. Only you can soften our hearts. Would you come in and soften them now that we could receive your freedom, your life, your love, your liberty, peace of mind. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, we're in a series on worship. If you weren't able to join us last Sunday, would you head back to our YouTube channel and see the recap that Guile gave? Uh, In it, you'll see that we're made for worship. We're chomping at the bit to worship. And we are made to worship God. We're designed to worship him because he's the only thing worthy of our worship. We were made to worship God, but one of our biggest problems is we want to worship ourselves. We want to worship all the things we can see rather than the one thing we can't see, right? We were made to worship God and bring him glory, but it's not because he needs glory from us. He's already glorious on his own, right? An issue that we have is that we misplace our worship and we begin to worship false gods called idols. And here we are, we're gathered together week after week because we're seeking to be formed by Jesus, right? We want to be near and like him. But the problem is that whatever we worship will begin to form us in their likeness. Either we'll worship the Lord and he'll form us, or we'll worship idols and they'll deform us. Right? Listen to what John Mark Comer says. If we're not being intentionally formed by Jesus himself, then we're being unintentionally formed by someone or something else. The question isn't, are you a disciple? It's, what are you a disciple of? And that's what we want to talk about today. Jesus said it in this way. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. But you can't serve both God and money. 
right? Either we're worshiping God, who deserves all the glory and honor, or we're worshiping a false God, and we'll begin to be destroyed. There's two options, Jesus says. Either we're intentionally being formed by Jesus, or everything else is unintentionally forming us. The reason I believe that this message is so critical is because of the passage we've been meditating on. Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Because God's so great, he's worthy and wonderful. He's been good to us, and he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our everyday living, breathing offering of our lives, right? But the problem is this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I believe we're all wanting to hear from God, right? We are desperate to know what his will is, right? But if we're getting lost among the allure of conformity to the system of this world, then we're worshiping idols, and it's keeping us from knowing God's will for us. And God's will for us is pleasing. It's good. It's perfect. We don't want to be kept from it. Do you? Paul is urging us here. How do we know that? I urge you. (laughs) I urge you. God is worthy of our worship, not anyone else. We, in light of this passage, we're set on living totally surrendered to God who saved us by offering his own son when we were his enemies. And he's asked us to live in the confines of his instructions, right? His sound doctrine, his teachings are what give us life, are what keep us in his love. And that's the way Paul's defining worship in this passage. But I want to direct our attention today to what are the things in our lives and in our culture that are alluring us and drawing away from a life of yieldedness where we are worshiping idols rather than God. Are we yielded to the Lord, surrendering to him and to his way of doing things? Or are we doing what seems right to us? We see this continually with the Israelites. This is what I'm saying. It's again and again in the passages. Read the text. It's there. One day after another, the Israelites are being destroyed because they're worshiping idols. Then they're turning back to God and being saved. Then they forget and are conforming to the way around them. Even he says to them, hey, when you go to battle with these people, don't marry them. Because if you do, you'll start to conform to idol worship like they do. See, this is an age-old problem. It's not because we're in a technology culture. It's not because of all the swirl, twirl, gumdrops around us. What? Elf? (laughs) 
It's not because of anything we see now. It's our problem. We're really sick. We're terminally sick, and we need a Savior. And the only one that can save us is Jesus. We've all been convinced of it at one time or another, right? This is an age-old problem, and because it is, we don't have to be uninformed. We can be alert and wide-eyed that all around us is an alert to conform to the pattern of this world. It's an actual joke. It's a deception and a lie and leading us into destruction. Only his ways are the ways that lead to life. Okay, we've seen this scripture before, and it's going to help inform us. This is age-old stuff. (laughs) This isn't anything new. We can be open-eyed open to it. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Are we forgetting to give thanks to God? But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's why I'm praying for us to have soft hearts. Because our hearts can get darkened, and we think we know best. And it's a, it's a total joke. It's a lie. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. They thought they knew something. They, they didn't know anything. <laughs> that doesn't sound like anyone we know. <laughs> Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. And they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen? This is a major problem. To know God and then become prideful and then gain a hard heart and to think we know better than God. To think what seems best to us is the right way of doing things. It's the right idea. And part of it is we can't wait for him any longer. We grow impatient waiting on his goodness. We grow unthankful and we say, I'm going to have to work out another plan on my own. Because where is he? Right? That happened to the Israelites. Where is Moses? Hurry, make us an idol. We got to worship. We got to worship. We're chomping at the bit to worship. If we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping a false god. We could worship all manners of good things. They're good things that God created for us because he wants good for us. There's things he wants us to desire like protection, provision. Those are good things, right? Why are they good? Because a good God made them for his people who he loves. He's the one who provides for us. He's the one who protects us. Why do we think those things are good? Because he's good. And he made them for us. We could worship all manner of other good things. They're worshiping reptiles. That freaks me out in that passage. (laughs) They worshiped animals. They exchanged the glory of God for a lie. 
They worshiped created things rather than the creator. They worshiped animals, humans, sex, a good thing God created in a certain parameter. They spoiled it and did it their own way, and it degraded their own selves. What about rest? That's such a good thing. It won't save us. God's going to save us, and he has a rest for us. Lord, how do you want me to rest? Beauty. God made beauty. It won't save us. We can begin to worship it. Say, I need more Botox. <laughs> I'm getting so many ads for Botox on like my feet. I'm like, is it because I'm almost 40? What? Oh, man. <laughs> my smile lines, you can see them through the phone? Okay. <laughs> we can worship beauty. Beauty something God made that's good but it's not worthy of our worship. Marriage. If I get married, I'll be saved. <laughs> you hear the people laughing are married. You hear the people laughing are married. Marriage can't save us. Marriage is a good thing, but it can't save us. It's not the thing to be worshiping. We can worship our own self. God made us good, but we're not worthy of worship. The gifts of the spirit we could worship. The security, safety, family. We could worship our family instead of God who made family, loves family. We could worship political leaders. God loves righteous leaders. We could begin to worship them. What about responsibility? That's a good thing he gave us. We could worship responsibility and say, if I'm just responsible enough, I could save myself. I can put my hope in my own responsibility. It's a lie. Having a kid. What about ideas? This idea will save us. Belonging. It's a good thing. He made belonging, but it's not something to be worshipped. The problem is that none of these things are worthy of our worship our everyday living lives being offered to them. Every one of the things on that list is a good thing, and the reason it's good is because God's good. He created those things. Those things won't save us. If we do what seems best to us and not what God's asked of us, then we will turn to worship created things rather than the Creator. We can get confused to think that the good things God made for us to worship, but he's the one to worship, and his ways are the ones we're obeying. I had a friend several years ago who had a best friend, like a sister to her. They became like sisters. And her best friend wasn't following the Lord. And I began to warn this friend just like I'm warning you now saying God made friendship to be a good thing. He loves friendship. And I know this person is a great friend to you, but she hasn't submitted her life to God. She's living for herself. And so, of course, we're going to love her, but be very careful because the advice she gives won't have the worldview of the Lord. And so it won't be good advice at all. How she looks at the world is different from you because you've submitted your life to Christ. 
And so in every way, it'll differ from you. And so it's hard to be such close friends with her without conforming to the pattern of this world. And sadly, my friend slowly drew away from the family of God, and she was formed by the system of this world. And her friend became to be her confidant rather than God and his people. And her worldview began to be shaped by her friend, and she led her astray. And we see that all the time, not just in relationships, but in what we consume. I've told you before, if I listen to a lot of comedians, then I begin to talk like that. You know? The music I listen to begins to shape my view on things. And because I'm saying these lines without even knowing I'm saying them, like a zombie, or like a, what? I guess zombie. Zombies. <laughs> anyway, there's some music that I listened to 25 years ago, and those lines are still in my head. Can you imagine? They're shaping how I think, even today. Some of them are good lyrics. In college, I used to listen to the Bible to memorize it. And then I would emerge from my room and like be in the cafeteria and people would be like, you sound like the Apostle Paul. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> just, listen, just with him. <laughs> but because of ideas and others' opinions, so, some people begin to worship ideologies. Have you? They seem similar to the way of God, but they're far from it. They've relied on talking heads and gotten us all riled up about injustices and about ideas, but it's not because of the Lord. And because of these ideas and other people's opinions, we've worshipped those ideas, and it's begun to cultivate fear and anger in our hearts. We're even willing to disconnect from relationships to people we love because of ideas. You know why that is? Because what we worship forms us. And if fear is being cultivated anger, you know you're worshiping something that's not the Lord. You see, I, idols betray us. They're just like sin. They promise us security, life, relief. We need relief. We've been patient long enough for the Lord to come through. We need to scramble and do something else. They promise us security, life, relief, but they can't fulfill it. And the reason they can't fulfill it is because idols are nothing at all. They aren't anything. They're just created things rather than the creator. Listen to this. Habakkuk, of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that can't speak. This is an age-old thing. Zechariah says, the idols speak deceitfully, diviners, sorcerers, looking to the stars to tell us who we are. What a joke. God tells us who we are not idols. Diviners see visions that lie. They tell dreams that are false. They give comfort in vain. We're looking for comfort and relief when we're waiting on the Lord. 
And these idols can give us a little bit, right? No, it's a joke. Therefore, the people wander like sheep, oppressed for lack of a shepherd. Look, God wants to shepherd us, and he wants to give us good things, but sometimes we can grow grow impatient, waiting for God's benefits, and in the impatience, get allured into worshiping idols and serving them rather than God because of quick fixes and relief. Jackie Hill Perry said, impatient fuels our idolatry. Have you ever been tempted to conform to the pattern of this world because you were waiting on the Lord? You were growing impatient for him to produce something for you that you were demanding of him, that you were asking him for? We see it's true. We see people who follow the Lord grow impatient and saying things like, I want to be married and the Lord isn't bringing me the right guy, so I'm willing to date people who don't love God or follow him, right? They say, I've heard this many, many times, but this guy doesn't love God, but he respects me, and he's willing to go to church sometimes. He's willing to try it out. We're willing to join ourselves with idols as we grow impatient. So be alert. Stay alert as you are impatient because we could start to conform. We could say, I need more money because they say I do. So I'll engage in jobs or practices. I'll even falsify my hours on my timesheet to gain more money because I'm worshiping money. I'm willing to do my form of righteousness. My perception of what righteousness is starts to get distorted. I'll hold back some of the money for myself that the Lord asked me to give. Instead of asking God, how do you want to provide for me? We have our own good ideas or we have the world's ideas right there ready to give us. Instead of praying and asking God, I'm overwhelmed. How do you want to give me peace of mind? How do you want me to rest my brain right now? We take matters into our own hands. And it begins to form us. Look at Paul talking to the Corinthians. This is a crazy passage. Are you ready for it? Because he's warning them, as I'm warning you now. This is an age-old conversation, something that happens to us all. In the message, don't become partners with those who reject God. And in the other translation, said, don't be yoked with an unbeliever. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not a partnership, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what each of us are. Each of us are a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I will live with them. I'll move into them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all to myself. What does Guile keep telling us? God doesn't play nice. He's not playing with anyone. He's God. He doesn't have to. 
He wants to join himself with us, and that exactly, that's exactly what he's done. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters. You won't have to worry about anything. Those are the words of Master God. And then he goes on to say, with promises like this to pull us on, dear friends, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. Are you ready to make a clean break? They're not worthy of your worship. He's the only one worthy, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. If we partner with the ideas of this age, we will be deceived. We will think we know something, but we don't know very much. All we need to know is Christ crucified for us. He's our life. He's our shepherd and teacher. And he's committed to teaching us what we need to know. He's committed to it. He said, let me teach you. You're weary. Let me teach you how to live. Right? If we link arms with the pattern of this world, we'll be becoming this world. Our faith will start to diminish and we'll be tossed aside in a garbage pail because we would have chosen it. The Lord says, I want you to be my children. You're not trash. You're worth more than that. Paul talks to his disciple Timothy about this and some other things. Do you want to hear it? He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Have we ever seen any movie? (laughs) Any documentary about real people who get rich? Right? Yeah, it's true. It's not some spiritual thing. It's It's real time. We can view it. Right? Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Listen to this. Oh, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Oh, no. And pierced themselves with many griefs. They began to worship money, and it killed them. It dragged them away from a loving God right? It wasn't anything at all, and they got deceived. I'm asking that we stay alert as God's people. But you, man of God, all of you, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance. We're going to need endurance and gentleness, 
fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the sight of God who gives life to everything, and of Jesus Christ who, while testifying before before Pontius Pilate, made a good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. Here it is. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be the glory and might forever. Amen. We're going to need so much faith to hold fast to something we can't see. We're going to need so much faith. Lord, fill us with your faith. Fill us with faith, God. We have never seen you, and no one has. We have to have your spirit in us. We have to have faith by you to believe you, rather than these trinkets that we can see. They're trash next to you. They're trash next to you. Fill us with faith to believe it. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth or to put their hope in marriage or to put their hope in beauty or to put their hope in rest in the gifts of the spirit in security in friendship command those in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in their own hard work or to put their hope in the ideas swirling all around them or to put their hope in themselves and their own way of doing things Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Why? Because he richly provides for everything we need for our enjoyment. Isn't that wonderful? All those things are so uncertain because they're not God. We can put our hope in him, which is a sure thing, even though we can't see it. It's a sure thing, even though we can't see it. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up for themselves treasures as a firm foundation in the coming age so that they can take hold of the life that is truly life. Lord, please help us because the things we can see seem like life, but they're not life at all. There's something that's true life that isn't the things we can see. You see what I'm saying? Jesus is our life. His ways are what we're looking for to give us life, to give us rest, to give us wealth, to give us beauty, to make a return on our hard work. He's the one that's going to give it to us because he's our life. He's the one keeping us alive. He's our treasure that we're waiting for. He's our security. He's our wealth. He's our family. He's our joy. He's our delight. He's the one to be worshipped. He's our beauty. He's our healing. He's our spouse. He's our parent. He is our all in all. He's our all in all. 
everything we ever wanted, we found in him. Everything we ever wanted, it's him that made it for us. Because he's a good God. He's not just good, he's the best. And he's not just the best, he's the best by far. He won't be compared with anything else. Because it's not comparable. Listen to what we have, we can do. Timothy, guard what's been entrusted to your care. Family, guard what's been entrusted to your care. The gospel of the living God. We're not messing around. This isn't the trinket time. This is the real lifetime. We're getting built up in these these couple hours so we can go off and live with trinkets all around us. Guard what's been entrusted to your care. Turn away. We can turn away from falsehood, from false gods. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. Right? We don't have to wonder. A lot of the things we're wondering about are right in the scripture. Right? It's false knowledge. These ideas aren't him. He's him. And he's the one we're worshiping. (laughs) But listen to this sad part. This is why it's not a game. We either worship God and we're serving him or we're serving something else. Just like Jesus said, you can't serve two things. Either you'll be devoted to one and hate the other, right? Look what happened. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Gosh, help us, Lord. We can turn away from the ways of this world, and we're going to have to. Are you ready and armed each day that conformity is alluring you, but God is loving you? He's the one filling you with power. This is a normal part of our life in Christ that we're going to have to stay alert to and hold fast to him and ask him for faith each day. It's hard to ask him for faith when we're chewing on a bunch of things making us faithless. You know? The only thing that we're about is Christ, being fully surrendered to him and wanting to know and walk in his ways. The scriptures say we died and our life is now hidden in him. He's the one who set us free. He's the one who knows what we need. And we need faith. No one has ever seen God, but idols are all around us that we can see. Do we really know that? Look, John, Jesus' beloved, he told us that. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. They're not our friends. The world system is not our friend. It's a lie. We're children of God. Do we look at the world as though it is under the control of the evil one? If not, we're going to be consumed by conformity. We're going to be allured away. 
We're tempted to buy and follow falsehood, and we can't buy it. We can't be formed by the ways of the world and become futile in our thinking. Paul says, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. That's a former way of doing things. Now we've woken up to the reality. So don't become dull, family. Don't become dull. We're looking to be formed only by Jesus, and it's an intentional thing of surrendering our lives to him of seeing what his teachings are and putting them into practice by his power. That's why we're here week after week. He wants to revive us from our sickness and sickness of the ages, not just now, but generations and generations, sicknesses that we want to worship something and we begin to worship idols rather than God. But he's poured his love into our hearts to make us alive. And we're going to need his strength and his energy. Lord, would you give us your strength and your energy as we wait for you to come back for us? He's coming back for us. We don't have to, we're not going to live here forever in a world under the control of the evil one. He's coming back for us. And what did he ask us to do until he returns? What did he ask us to do? To remain with him. (laughs) He asked us to remain with him and to serve him the way that he served us and to tell the people around us the truth about who he is and what he's done and who we are in light of that and what that means for us, right? To make disciples. I want to remind you today that all day long, you're going to be tempted by lies. Can you acknowledge that and accept that and walk around like that's true? Lies are all around us looking for us to worship them. We pray every day, Lord, please deliver us from the evil one, from believing false gods. We can repent and renew our mind. It's his power surging in us that we can hold on to. Uh, Mary Ligon told me this. You know how people try and uh, are trained to find counterfeit money? She said that they are trained by handling tons of real money. Viewing real money, touching real money. So that when counterfeit money comes through, it feels weird. Wait, what? That's all day long I'm touching real money. I'm viewing at what's real, and I can easily spot what's counterfeit in light of that. And that's why these Bible, I mean, Mary's doing a Bible study for the women on uh, Saturdays. Any one of us that are women can join. Bible study, it's not a list of to-dos to please God. It's we're desperate for truth and we realize there's lies all around us, right? We are surrendered to him and we want to live within the confines of his freedom and the scriptures can help us. We want help, right, and encouragement. We want faith when we can't have it. That's what's going to form us into his image is reading the scriptures. We have almost no barriers to doing that right? If we can't read, we can listen to it. If we don't have time to read, we can listen to it. We can look at any version, right? 
we can know him. He wants to be known and he wants to fill us with faith. Look at what John says next. We know also that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we can know him who is true. Do you feel like you're receiving some understanding about the truth of who Christ Jesus is for you? And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and he is eternal life. And then look what he says to close out this. The whole world, you're children of God. The whole world's under the control of the enemy. You can know God and receive his understanding. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So keep your lives free from idols. Let's take an inventory now. Let's inventory if there's idols in our lives. If there are, the Lord can help us remove them, and we can repent and turn from them. Is that okay? Let's search ourselves you might have an idol that you're worshiping if you're determined to do what it is you want to do. I, I won't give this up. I won't give it up. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to receive advice from the people of God, from the scriptures. I want to do what I want to do. There might be an idol there. Conforming to the world's pattern we talked about. What about walking outside of or justifying ourselves despite clear teaching in Scripture? Well, for me and my partner, this is what we feel peace about doing. It's an idol. It's not true. Whether you feel peace or you don't, it's not true. There's clear teaching in Scripture. <laughs> we don't have to wonder, right? we're looking for something or someone else to rescue us, then there might be an idol there. Only God can rescue us. These things he created. We're putting our trust in someone or something other than God. They're not worthy. They're not trustworthy. They're nothing. They can't uphold anything. We're looking for something or someone else to meet our needs. Oh, they'll never be able to. Ah. <laughs> where there's anxiety or fearfulness there may be an idol there if we're if primarily we're looking to something or someone besides god to get info help resource or wisdom it might even be a godly podcast but primarily we're going to go to that source first we're going to say i I feel chaotic. I feel confused. I'll, I'll go to that source, right? Let's just pause before the Lord and ask him, let's do an inventory of ourselves. These are just some things that could help us identify idols, but let's just pause and search your heart. Lord, are there idols in my life?
He just revealed one to me. A lie that I'm worshiping, a false God that I can't be bored. That I shouldn't be bored. And then I'm worshiping it and it's forming me. Let's ask God to search us. The psalm said, search us, God. Search me. You know our hearts more than we do. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. See if there's any false gods that I'm worshiping. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's ask him to take inventory. If as you've been opening your heart to the Lord and he's been taking inventory and you've been taking inventory, you see that there's idols in your life that you want to repent of. Stand up now and let's repent and get free. Call out to him in your hearts. I've been worshiping a false God. I wish I hadn't done that. good to make commitments to him while we have received his understanding. We could go right out this door and forget the understanding we received, right? So let's pray this together. Let's pray this passage that we've been going through. Just repeat after me. Lord, in view of your mercy, I want to offer my body as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to you. Please help me to not conform to the pattern of this world. Give me courage 
to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to know your will. I want to know your good will. I want to know your pleasing will. I want to know your perfect will. I want to turn from worshiping false gods. And I want to worship you alone. You are my all in all. Nothing I desire compares to you. Please help me to stay alert. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay alert, family. Stay alert. We know the system we're in. We can focus on him, not on pointing out all the evil around us. We can focus on what's true, not on what's counterfeit. We can be aware of it and live wisely. And I bless you to go from here and do that. I bless you to worship him alone. Love you all.